Life is good, but it can be better. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Vigilante 1939 podcast. My name is Nick Zanik. I know I could entertain you guys for quite some time. Believe me, I know I could. I could find some ways to, but thankfully, much like the Justice League, I'm not joined alone because this is going to make for a much more interesting podcast, I can promise you. As always, I'm joined by Nico Caruso and Daddy Batman himself, Nicholas Caruso Sr. Gentlemen. How was your Christmas and how are you guys doing? Uh, our Christmas was really nice. It was, it was very low key. Um, just the four of us, but uh, we had a little good news to celebrate this year. So we're happy about that. We were uh, feeling very thankful and just a lot of eating. And I've watched, I don't know, maybe like eight or nine movies in the last two or three days. So, mm-hmm. so a lot of that, a lot of stuff like that, but very good. Cool. Yeah, uh, for me it was the same, I guess, because I live in the same house as him. So I'm gonna just <laughs> echo a lot of what, you here? what he said. I was, I okay. was. Um, what was great was one, we did get some really good news that we were thankful for. Um, we were all healthy, us four, me and my mom, dad, and my sister. Um, we, we watched two good movies, and then I won six hundred and twenty dollars thanks to the NBA. Shout out to DraftKings and Sportsbook. <laughs> but how was your holiday, sir? Oh, it was uh, it was quiet. It was a little chill, you know. My uh, my my cousins came over not for the fact of wanting to spend Christmas with their cousin, but they wanted to use my seventy-inch big screen to watch Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty-four. So well, I almost also did that too. I was yeah, gonna come over with some Christmas cookies and air quotes, yeah. and be like oh, so, but yeah, so. there was that. You know, just stuffed my face in some Christmas cookies, some caramel corn. You know, just just Love chilled it. a little bit. So. Love it, love it. Did Santa visit your your uh, your fine house, or? Because I think you've been pretty good this year. Did you get anything, or, or was it was it a quiet Christmas like at the Caruso household where nobody nobody got a gift this year? <laughs> it was quiet this year. It was quiet. Like there were great. reasons. For yeah, there was there was a lot of <laughs> extraneous circumstances. I got I got the will, gift of love this year that there we will not go. get into. Yes, yes, and for us four, at least that was the most important thing. At least mm-hmm. a couple of weeks leading up to Christmas. But if you're just joining us for the first time, we are part of the Let's Go Podcast Network, pop culture without the pop. Mister Zenick, get into a little bit else. What we do here on the Vigilante. One thing we don't do is promote gambling, though. So please uh, <laughs> disregard my son here. Earlier, <laughs> no, no sh- shout out to FanDuel and DraftKings who made my Christmas wishes come true, very much so. And remember, Nico, I expect the cut of it because as I as I alluded to uh, earlier, life is good, but, but it, it could be, be better. better. You'll get some of it. Don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> no, but wait, we do other stuff here. Oh yes, that's right, we do. We talk a little DC, a little bit of Marvel, a little bit of video games. Hashtag go follow Let's Go Gamers. A little bit of oscars talk 
Go follow Let's Go Marquee. Yeah. That's yeah, Let's I was going to say. I was looking for a little, a little different now. now. Yeah. I know. But um, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, we'll talk about all of that later. And uh feels great to be back, guys. So just wanted to check in, see how you guys were doing. I know nothing dropped this weekend. So uh, no. yeah. I guess I wish, I guess I hope everybody has a great Christmas and Happy New Year. Oh, wait, 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 wait. A movie did drop, guys. Am I correct? Well, multiple ones did, but I believe a certain DC movie dropped on uh, Christmas Day. Am I correct? You are, you are correct. And I believe that movie is called The uh, Wonder Woman 1984, directed Absolutely. by the Patty Jenkins. Yeah. Yes, yes. So. After... Uh... It was supposed to be a Christmas 2019 release. Mm. Then they delayed it till June. And then because of the coronavirus, here we are, Christmas 2020. So it's had its its own journey too. So mm-hmm. much like Tenant, much like, um, which we actually saw pretty close to its release date. This is one that we really had to wait for. And this is the big, the big experiment, right? This is the big half streaming, half theaters where it allows. And this was the test, the big test of the biggest movie on the dock from any studio to sort of cap end 2020 and launch this whole idea of can these big budget tentpole blockbuster movies uh, survive on a streaming service. So Nikki Z I'm going to have you go first. Tell me just your initial thoughts. So what we're going to do is we're going to do us three are just going to give some um, initial spoiler free thoughts, Mm -hmm. sort of like a blanket statement, some blanket thoughts, if you will, an umbrella. And then when we're done with that, we'll announce one of us will probably me or or Zenig will say, all right, now we're going to get into our spoilers. If you haven't watched it yet, stop and come back when you're done. So right now it's just going to be initial spoiler free thoughts, impressions, and then Mr. Z is going to start us off. But I'm not ready. I'm just kidding. I've been ready. Oh, <laughs> you're the most ready of us three. I know it for a fact. Oh, man. Wonder Woman 1984. Where do I begin? Um, in 1984, so, of course. Yeah, I guess. I'll begin in 1984, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so 2020 was a hellish year. A lot of bad happened. Like it just never seemed to like stop. Yeah. But for me, and hopefully this comes off like in a right way, but in some weird selfish way, I still got to see Wonder Woman 1984, Mm -hmm. which was a movie that I feel like my heart needed and emotionally I needed. And it's almost fitting that it is the movie that's going to end 2020. Uh, Because we long speculated that this was going to be the movie that could be that light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. And I guess in a way it kind of was, at least for me. And I guess just to go in a little bit of the movie now, not that that's out of the way. I thought it was a little bit too long. Obviously sure. I did. I did have some pacing issues. Um, I thought Gail completely shines in this movie. This is her role through and through. I thought some of the story plots worked mostly. Uh, but I guess to sort of piggyback on what I want to do now is the movie actually, because I speculated this back in August on the Iceberg Lounge, where I said this movie is most likely going to pay homage to Superman 2. And yeah. boy, did it do that for me. 
and it actually elevated Superman 2 for me, which now I appreciate that movie even more. So that part's good. I see the Indiana Jones comparison as well, which we'll get into that a little bit too. But I love this movie. Is it perfect? No. I still think maybe the first Wonder Woman's still a little superior. But I think this is a worthy sequel. Uh, there's some moments that, again, I don't want to talk about right now because that, w- that would break what we just said. But um, I thought this was the perfect Christmas movie, at least for me. So what did you uh, what did you guys think? I thought it was a terrific um, heartwarming movie that wasn't perfect. I wouldn't even compare it to the first movie because they're so different. Mm-hmm. There are some similarities, but and I and I wouldn't want it to be like the first film. The first film is a majestic, majestic piece of art that arguably stands as one of the great origin superhero films of all time. It's that powerful, and this is just completely different, but in its own way, so entertaining, so heartwarming. The cast is incredible. They all perform well. We'll we'll get into that in a little bit more detail. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a couple things I didn't care for it, but not not enough to detract me from thinking it was a really fun, over-the-top superhero movie that's better than the overwhelming majority of superhero films that we get. Um, and I'm not here to degrade those other films. I'm just saying that, that's how much I liked it. Um, you had to use your imagination, but you have to, when you see these movies. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you got to open up your mind a little bit and not constrain yourselves to reality. So without giving any spoilers, son, were you going to say something else or no, that was a weird transition by you. No, because I've been giving (laughs) too much. I really want, I really want to get into the movie. Um, I liked it. I really liked it a lot. I, I just thought you were going to say something after son. He's like, and without any spoilers, son. And then he sort of <laughs> sort of started to like fade back from the mic. I'm like, is there, is, is, is it my turn? This guy. Um, okay. So for me, I, um, I'm going to echo a lot of what you both said, but kind of going a little different way. I have a lot of respect for Patty Jenkins. Um, usually sequels try to do the same thing in a bigger way. And instead of making another movie where she's fighting a war, where she's in the cold war, where she's fighting with soldiers, Patty Jenkins said, you know what? I'm going to make a different type of sequel. I'm going to make a completely different movie with a completely different feel. And I'm going to make it more character driven and story driven instead of this whole concept of it's wonder woman. And she's going to fight these villains. Um, She made a story that's uh, really relatable which is really cool to watch. I, I think there's a lot of, um, we could all relate sort of not only with the choices the characters make, but um, the whole narrative around Maxwell Lord, which my dad has a, a specific thing he's going to get into later, but the whole, like you open the show with life is good, but it could be better. I think humanity is always striving for more. That's our greatest flaw. Um, so I loved seeing that explored. And man, Patty Jenkins just knows the character. Um, she knows Wonder Woman to a T and I know there's different portrayals and in the recent recently she's been portrayed sort of in a couple different ways there's sort of the 
Zack Snydery and in the and in the new 52, I'm pretty sure she's more of this warrior figure, you know, as opposed to historically and sort of with rebirth, they brought her back to being a little bit more of this compassionate, loving figure who only kind of fights when she needs to. And I thought this movie highlights the history of the character very well. Patty Jenkins knows her to a T and she developed Diana in such a perfect way where the first movie she's very naive and just wants to be a hero and she wants to fight. She wants to stop all the bad. And then in this movie, we see her be a little bit more human as she accustoms to her own life. We see, okay, she has all these powers, but she wants, she desires, she feels, you know, and she hurts which is relatable when we see a godlike figure kind of share our own qualities. And we see her when she fights trying to almost not. She sort of knows what she's capable of, but she also knows what humanity is capable of. So she's, and the opening sequence is great. And this isn't a spoiler because you can watch it. It's on HBO Max. They let you watch the first four minutes of the movie for free. It is she very much stops this big conflict and very much attempts to, and even verbalizes, she's trying to use as little force or anything as possible. And the rest of the movie kind of follows suit to that. So it's a great, great developmental piece for the character and it moves her forward in monumental ways. So it's a very different, very interesting, very cool sequel. Patty Jenkins said, well, we're going to 180 this and we're going to make the people sort of feel... I'm not going to follow the stereotype of these big budget sequels. So that's my thought on it. So with that being said, everyone, this is where we will say we will now get into spoilers. Spoilers. We are about 13 minutes and seven, eight, nine, 10 seconds in. Okay. Uh, So enjoy our spoiler free thoughts. Mm -hmm. If you're going to leave and go watch it, come back and join us later. Like I said, we're about the 13 minute mark or so, but this is your warning five four three two one here comes spoilers mr. oh my god this one. <laughs> <laughs> mr zenick i'm gonna let you kick it off again um tell me about anything specific you want to talk about just do it just go remember our show is like a conversation like we're at a bar even I'm though even though there's a pandemic where we're, we we're socially distant in a bar like our friend Carlos said from the nerd room podcast, it was like a, a virtual get together. So get go. into some uh, specifics, maybe start with uh, the plot as a whole, maybe. Oh man. All right. I- I'm going to, I'm going to pour myself a nice virtual glass of bourbon here. And then uh, I guess, I guess we'll, we'll jump on anyone. Huh? So, Lovely. so the plot. Yeah. You, um, you said it brilliantly. Um, what could have easily had just been another tale set in like another war where she has inspirational no man's land thing up to a T, which we'll get into because I would argue what happens in this movie actually was better than <laughs> the first movie. Me. Hold, um, on, hold, on, hold 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 on. Uh, what? <laughs> Maybe. Tops. Maybe. Tops. Did I say? Did I? Did I say tops? Oh, I gotta go to his house. Hold on. Yeah. Keep talking. Well. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna run over the same way she ran in that scene, which was a beautiful scene. I'm not gonna take that away. From I was you. gonna say. I thought you loved no, that man, scene. I did. In fact, you the climax I, of that. Scene. I think it's close, but I don't think it tops No Man's Land, brother. But anyway, well, to each his own. Keep going. 
I've seen it twice. Maybe I need another third one. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, all right, yeah, so we'll do the plot then. So, it, yeah, it's very much a pit humanity against itself, right? With Maxwell Lord playing like this maniac kind of businessman who wants that that struggle or wants power, wants more of it. Kind of, it's and you know what? It's a it was a very different take on Maxwell Lord. At least that I will say. I mean, but I thought Pedro Pascal was great. But so the plot is, man, how do I? Because there's a few different things that I think Patty Jenkins tries to throw in, right? It's the return of an old friend, the yep. idea of God, what is it, lust, or the, the idea of power and, and what it can do to humanity when you continue to want more of it. Sure. There is that idea of wanting to be something more, I guess, someone, someone more. Um, so there, there's a lot of themes that are going on here, and I think most of it works. But again, I think a lot of it kind of depends on how you go into the movie beforehand, yeah. because yeah. it's um, <clears throat> it is a long movie, as we kind of alluded to earlier. It does have like some pacing issues, but I don't know. And again, I know this is spoiler talk so might as well just do it so the central idea is can we can we do it Mm -hmm. just jump into it is there's this idea of wishful thinking and there's this gem or this stone whatever you want to call it the dream the dream stone that coincidentally arrives at a smithsonian museum where gal is working at and it will and you realize that the stone actually grants wishes. Once you are specific enough, it will grant your wish. But the key is that it comes at a price, right? Much like everything that you desperately want in life comes at a price. So throughout the movie, we see all these wishes being granted. Some of them take a major turn for the worse. And then some of them have drastic consequences throughout the movie. So that's my least general idea of the plot i want to get your guys's take so we can move this forward a little bit they should have called the movie be careful what you wish for um one of my 1984 monkey paws there you go (laughs) there you go here's the thing um so here why the 1980s right um because i had asked that question and i was confused when it was announced three maybe two three years ago right so we hear blue monday there you go, which oddly enough never plays in the movie, but we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, so here, and again, I'm not telling anybody that I'm not the only guy that grew up in the 80s, but when the 80s started, I was 15, and I was obviously 25 when they came to a closing end. But to me, I remember the 80s as the most self-indulgent decade. Um, everything was becoming bigger, better, pop culture, music, art we were trying to figure out how to pay 60, 70, $80 for a pair of jeans. Right. I mean, you had to be, everybody was telling you MTV, the the TV commercials, you were constantly being flooded with how you could be cooler, better, just you weren't good enough. And, and you were striving. I know I was, um, and I'm hopefully there's some people listening to this that can relate to that, but you were constantly striving to, to, to fit in to be better. Mm -hmm. And that's why she made this movie in the eighties. And you couldn't make this movie in any other decade. 
it has to be the eighties. Right. And that overall theme of self-indulgent is they all wish for something. All the characters in here want to be more Mm -hmm. even, even Diana, she's this goddess, but she's unhappy. Right. Because she lost the love of her life. And yeah, she's been pining, no pun intended for Chris, for Steve Trevor (laughs) for 60 years. Right. That's a long time to carry a torch for somebody. That's a long time to wear your heart on your sleeve. But remember, he was her first. He was her introduction to love. Mm -hmm. He was her only lover. And in these 60 years, she it's very easy for me to believe that a true woman like diana would not have found love anywhere else so um so it all makes perfect sense for me maxwell lord what he's we we obviously learned towards the end of the movie but we know why he's looking for power uh barbara minerva why she is the dr minerva is looking for power so it's these themes this whole theme nick of what you brought the plot it's certainly doesn't come across as messy to me or hard to understand and Look at if what I said earlier, when you go into these movies, okay, if you believe in the infinity stones, if you believe that there is a reality stone, a time stone, I, I forget the others right now, but <laughs> if you believe in those stones, mm-hmm. you have to believe in a dream stone. Okay. Sure. You have to believe it. And this movie wants you, the plot of it is that you have to expound your, yeah, and if you could do it for those movies, you certainly could do it for this movie, right? You have to believe. You have to take yourself out of the realm of, of normalcy. This is a comic book movie, okay? So, so the plot to me, at some point, it always everything was very clear to me. The intentions of what was going forward. Now, as far as pacing is concerned, um, well, the beauty of watching it at home is I think we stopped it two or three times mm-hmm. for bathroom bathroom breaks to get yep. some food. Um, so it would be, so to me, the movie never felt like it had a pacing problem, but again, is that because we were at home and we were able to stop it? Had I been in a movie theater, that's something we'll have to ask Eric, Eric Holtzman because <laughs> he saw it in the theaters, you know, <laughs> um, maybe it would have got a tad bit, uncomfortable you know <laughs> sure. but um i know the why i know why it's the 80s i understand mm-hmm. why it's the 80s i know there's some people that don't i've seen some criticism that and, and that we're not here to address that but i think it was very clear and concise yeah why she picked that decade and um and again you just have to let your mind be free so nick taking up from here with the overall theme yeah um well said no i um I don't really, uh, I, I really actually thought the, I, I, I think the script is pretty good. I thought the plot was pretty good uh, because like I said earlier, it's, it's relatable and every character is wanting something more or wanting something they feel like they deserve. And the age old, you know, parable of the world is you kind of have to work and earn the things you want when you sort of cheat your way to get it. There's always a cost and we see that. Um, every character who makes one of these choices or, or these wishes, it has sort of this negative consequence because it takes something from you. And there's the cool reveals that it's one of the gods. Again, it ties in one of the gods, the god of trickery or whatever. So it grants a wish, but it takes something in return. It kind of throws 
throws a wrench at you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was well done. Uh, the pacing for me, there there were definitely pacing issues, but honestly, a lot of movies have pacing issues. Yep. Um, a lot of them do, and a lot of these movies specifically have pacing issues, comic book movies in general, because they try to do a lot in two, two and a half hours, and it does, does feel a little long. Um, the little lull after the Cairo sequence, that was the only time where I like I normally never I know if I'm enjoying a, a movie based on how many times I look at my watch or my phone. And I remember right after the Cairo scene, which was epic, there was sort of a little bit of a 20 minute drag there where I'm like, okay, come on, come on, let's get back. Like let's mm-hmm. let's 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 get going again. Um, but then when it does and that third act starts, it's it's really good. Um I to criticize a little bit of the plot here's the one thing that didn't work for me was cheetah and not how she looks not kristen wake's performance because i thought her performance was really good and it was cool to see her in this type of role yes it was kind of the way she was used and her motivations and i know i've already sort of had some back and forth with some people but i don't get cheetah or barbara minerva went from zero to 100 really quick and I get it when she got her wish, what it took from her was sort of her humanity. Like the thing that made her like earlier in the movie, Gal says that she's so personable and she's so human, you know? So when she gets her wish to be more like Diana, she loses that. I get that. But this rage, this hate, the kind of just wanting to be, I don't know. It, it didn't, I, I don't think it landed for me the way Patty intended it to, mm-hmm. because when they're fighting at the white house, uh, Wonder Woman and uh, the early version of Cheetah. I'm like, I don't get it. What I I don't get it. I don't get it. And she's all obsessed with this Maxwell Lord, and I and I just don't get it yet because there wasn't enough time for me to see this progression of Barbara. You know what I mean? We yeah. see her starting to dress a little bit more risque. We see her a little bit more confident. We see her almost kill a person, and then we see her fighting Wonder Woman as an arch enemy. It's like okay. And those are scenes and those are the scenes, (laughs) you know what I mean? There's not this other stuff happening. Mm -hmm. So I think, and I agree with some other people I've seen um, with some other people I've seen that say, maybe they saved Cheetah. They could have saved Cheetah for the third film or for a different film, have her kind of lurking in the shadows, but which I get everything else. um, I thought every other character had a really nice arc in the movie. Well, let's, Uh, we'll break down. Steven. Well, that's what I'm kind of segue into now. Steve and Diana, uh, continue to be perfect. Uh, they're 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 exceptional. Their chemistry is great. It was just as effective now as in the first one, and, and it's very heartbreaking when you know she has to let him go again. I thought Maxwell Lord was pretty good. I thought Pedro Pascal gives a really good performance. He gets a little over the top at the end, at the very end when he's in the thing, and he's like, "That's my world." I'm like, "Okay, Pedro, settle down." I know you're excited, but um, on the everything you've ever wanted, Nico. But all I you have he to was, do is but see then, it. But then he saves it when he's with his son at the end, and there's yeah. a very nice where he kind of comes back down to earth in terms of his performance. And I really like the sort of small, really small sub arc with you know him and his son and wanting to impress his son because I feel like a lot of parents when they're watching can relate to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I kind of felt about all the characters. There's really nobody else in the movie. 
uh, to specifically talk about, in my opinion. So uh, whichever one you wants to hop in about the characters, go ahead. Well, let me just, I'll start with, with I, I unfortunately happen to agree with my son uh, as far as Cheetah's concerned. Unfortunately. Well, because I hate to just be like, we have the same take, you know, oh, yeah. it's, it's weird sometimes. Obviously we're sitting there watching the movie and, and by the way, uh, I know like my wife and daughter think we're absolutely crazy because five minutes after the movie's over, we're like analyzing everything for like the oh. next hour and going over. <laughs> like, here's the thing with Cheetah. Um, and this is probably going to surprise some people. I actually think her, Kristen Wig was miscast as Cheetah. I, I really do. Um, I don't want with, with somebody else. And I think she's a terrific actress and I, I don't even think she played the role bad. She played it as it was written, but I would have, I would have preferred. It's funny because Rosario Dawson right now, is like on my mind because star Wars, but I would have almost could have saw her in that role a little bit more. Um, because I almost felt like, and I understand the extreme that she was this milk toast librarian personality, but I almost wish they wouldn't have made her quite that because it was such a quick 180. Mm-hmm. I would have rather she have been a little bit, you know, like a shy person, but still a little bit like, um, you know, narcissistic, jealous a little bit, maybe. Um, but then again, I get what she's going for when you when you're under the influence of that, like Nick says, it does take away your your humanity a little bit and stuff. But for me, um, also too, I if they're if she's gonna be in the sequels and stuff too, I, I guess I would have preferred maybe an, an actress more along the age of Gal mm-hmm. and somebody that physically I think um again, I understand that the physicality is in the transformation into Cheetah. But I just had my mind around somebody else. So the whole Minerva thing was good. It didn't ruin the movie for me, but it was one of the weak parts of the movie. Um, As far as Maxwell Lord is concerned, I had no problem with him being over the top because that's how the character was. The character was driven by all the inadequacies. What we saw later was a tormented childhood um, and his need to, to prove himself and to be somebody, he was a con man. I'm sure he, one of those people that believed his own lies, right. When he sets up that corporation and that one gentleman's stag, is it that tells him you, you set up kind of a, a Ponzi scheme and great Easter egg, by yeah, the way, yeah. Simon stag, Simon being stag in there, right, right. I, I did like the Leo in once upon a time where I was like, Oh, Oh, Simon stag. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna flame him, and I'm gonna flame him because he did. Something. This man didn't even know what I was talking about when I said Simon Stagg, Stagg Industries. The big DC comic fan to my left had no clue. Excuse me again. Now you can um, continue. So anyway, I I really didn't have a problem with Pasquale, and again, right now we're all feeling a lot of love for him. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. he's been so awesome in The Mandalorian and. Man, I always love him from Game of Thrones too. So, mm. but um, him being crazy like that was okay because once again he consumed this this stone, right? He became one with it, so it it probably would affect him like that. So let's get to the big two because I I said this, and I really feel this way. Uh, I think the chemistry between Chris Pine and Gal 
Steve Trevor and Diana Wonder Woman. I think it's the best superhero on-screen couple to date. And I was trying to go through my memory banks and think of like, you know, I know, I know people don't think Toby and Kirsten Dunst age well, but that's always been obviously one of my favorite superhero couples. And oddly enough, the next one is probably Garfield and Stone. But these two really, it's almost like I'd like to see them do another motion picture together. You know, maybe like a rom-com or a, or a family drama or something like that. In the mm-hmm. old days of Hollywood, they used to do that where if an actor and actress were good together, they would kind of make sure that they made several multiple pictures together. So their chemistry is just amazing. Um, I bought hook, line, and sinker, the fact that that Diana wanted him. She's this goddess, but she she's long for him. She misses him. He's her one true she one true love. And that why can't she have what she wants, right? Self-indulgent, back to the plot. Doesn't she deserve it, right? She's helped mankind, right? She mm-hmm. ended the war. She's been there. Doesn't she deserve love, right? And doesn't she deserve Steve Trevor? And, you know, Chris Pine's just so good in the role, and it's a 180 here where he's the fish out of water. Yep. And I love those scenes. Again, I, I've seen some people say that they felt like it was filler or that I thought it was essential to the plot and i thought it was part of diana's journey it was it was not filler and it was you needed to have those scenes and um you know we'll get into more of the specific scenes that stand out but their time together on the screen is magic yeah and um i was a little sad well we'll talk about that one scene but Mm. knowing that you probably can't bring him back for a third even though I think in the comic books and I'm not, and I'm, I'm not going to lie here to the people. I don't read wonder woman comic books. I do know that at some point, Steve Trevor does come back. I think for good. I don't know how they did that or how that transpired, but um, it probably is it for them. And it's very bittersweet that that's probably it. Cause he was terrific in this role. Uh, he is one of the great DC characters in the annals of these DCEU films. Yeah. And I would say he's, if I hold out my right hand, he's in the top five and I'm including like Batman. I'm including the heroes here. That's how much I love Steve Trevor. And I just happened to watch the first movie again. And he's absolutely unbelievably dynamite in that movie. So Nick Mm -hmm. characters. Oh man. Um, So I've seen some comparisons already to uh, Pedro Pascal's Mac- Maxwell Lord to Jim Carrey's The Riddler. And I'm not naming any names who said that. Um, I think for this one, it works for Maxwell Lord to be like that. Um, because, again, the 90s were the 90s. I mean, that's that. I think his transition to just a man that wanted to impress his son and then having that power when he gets it, you always want more. Because like Nico said, that's so relatable, right? Like when you get power, you're never just satisfied, right? And then I think by the end of it, as I'm watching, he's he's sure he's still a villain, but he's more of a lost soul, more, more than he is a villain. He's just somebody that got lost in power, which is, again, it's relatable. We can all relate to that. Um, Barbara Minerva. I thought Kristen Wiig was great. I do. I applaud her performance. But I got to agree with you guys. That whole 180 of she adores Gal in the beginning. She almost looks up to her. 
Gal was the only person that was nice to her in the beginning. And then it's like she gets Gal's powers and then it's she hates her. I mean, I guess it's kind of like you guys said, it's when when you get power, sometimes it can either make you into the best version of yourself or the worst version of yourself. But I think the development, maybe maybe I needed more of her, probably. Um, maybe you would have saved her for the third one, possibly. But I just think that it was it was a little bit of a 180. Uh, but I thought the duo for what it was was great. Like, I, I like the duo of Maxwell Lord and Cheetah in this movie. But I'll uh, let you guys tackle because I think Nico wants to counter what I said, and then no. I'll touch on the Chris No, I Diana. want to uh, – I, I, I want to agree. I, You know what it reminds me of is – Aquaman did a better job with Black Mana being the second villain than this movie did with Cheetah. That's the comparison I want to make. And then that was it. So get into your girl and your guy, Nick. Oh, my God. (laughs) Our heartstrings are all going to be pulled at the end of this podcast. Believe me, I'm not going to get there. I'm going to build up to it. We're going to build up to it. But my God, they're just so magnetic on the screen. They really are perfect, aren't they? I mean, the way that he was bought back, I thought was well executed. I had no, I had no issues. I'm with glad it. you brought that up because after you talk about that, I want to get into that. Too. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was perfect. And you know what? The whole time I'm watching it, I'm getting callbacks to the first movie where it's he was teaching her about yep. humanity, whereas in this one, it was the other way around. It was she was teaching him, and I thought that was just so beautiful. And then. Having him like go through the motions of like, this is 1984. So much has changed since the last time. Because you know what I'm saying? It's like they could have very well had just brought him back and he knows everything. You know, it's so I really like that. You know, he's just kind of walking through the motions. He's (laughs) he's fascinated by space and what you can do with planes and everything. And again, they're just so cool. And then there's like a scene where they're in. My God, we'll just talk about it. The goddamn Invisible Jack, guys. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. I mean, and then that scene where they're just in the sky and you see the fireworks are hanging over them, and it's like, Love it's it. it's just beautiful. I mean, it's a shame that this probably is the last film that we're going to get, at least in the superhero realm of them together. But I, I got to agree with you. I mean, what Chris Pine has done with Steve Trevor is nothing short of spectacular. So, absolutely. So let's talk about Nick. I want you to talk. You want to talk about it first? Show me about the resurrection of of one Steve Trevor. I actually was very going into the movie was concerned about that. How are they going to pull this off? I understood it was going to be a wish, but how how do they do this? You know, and I didn't. I thought that they did the best way they could do it. Because for it to be his spirit or his soul that inhabits the body of somebody else was really clever and made perfect sense than actually physically bringing back his body, which obviously, you know, decayed 60 years ago. But then the magic of the God of deceit is going to reincarnate his physical body. That to me is almost too much to believe, right? Yeah. That's almost too much to believe. Um even you, even going in with an open mind and understanding it's a comic book movie. So I really thought that that was cool. And it, and I really didn't understand that till I saw the movie. Mm-hmm. 
because I didn't read a lot of the spoilers and all that beforehand. So I had absolutely no problem with them doing that. Um, how about you, son? No, I, I, I thought it was really well done. Um, like we said, it's, it's not like the resurrecting his body. That would indicate or whatever. I liked, I actually really liked how she was. It was almost like his soul was in somebody else, but she was seeing him. He didn't necessarily look like Steve, but it's how right. she herself saw him. I thought mm. that was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was very, very cool. I thought it was explained well. And I would like to think too, that would be her one wish. You know, that is the one thing she wanted. That's the only thing she can't do with all her power, with all her um, history behind her. She can't, Resurrect the she, dead. she can't resurrect him. And, and what's cool is you see in some of her, some of the, in some of the photos in her apartment, she's been like a secret hero throughout history. You see a photo of her liberating a concentration camp. You see a photo of her helping other people. Uh, you see one in world war two, you see. So, and then even at the beginning, she, you know, knocks out the security camera so you can't see her. So she's done all these amazing things. Hmm. And she even says it later in the movie that she's done so much. She gives so much, but she can't have this one thing. And this is the one thing she wants is Steve. So not only does it make complete sense that he's in the movie, complete Mm -hmm. sense, the way they do it works perfectly. And like my dad said earlier, I mean, it's a stone that grants a wish. I mean, Superman too. There's, there's films Mm -hmm. with infinity stones. There's, everyone comes back at the exact same time There's and it's magic. the same name. So magic. it's like, so it's like, so you, you know, I have no problem with that. And if there are criticisms about that, then I mean, I, then, well, then they better criticize all the other films. Or they then either they pick or choose or whatever, but right. um, mm-hmm. here's, here's, here's one thing I wanted to ask that I'm going to touch on first and I'll throw it to you both is um, one thing I was kind of getting from the trailers and getting from some of the discourse prior to seeing it. Um, I never felt like, you know, we're not taking shots at anyone. I'm just personally saying me and my body, what I observed and experienced. I don't, I didn't necessarily think it was too comedic or too cheesy. I'm not sure. Maybe I, uh, maybe my definition and interpretation of those words is different, but if the silliness is about the stone and the humor and it being cheesy is the stone bringing back wishes. I don't get that. And for it just being cheesy, um, I actually think the humor in this movie, there's not too much. And when it is, it's natural. It's not like the MCU joke, wait 30 seconds where you can insert a laugh track because you have to let the crowd who's watching it laugh. Cause they're not going to hear what happens next where it's like, and there's a joke. <laughs> and that's an MCU film here. It's much more quick and natural. Uh, so, yeah, I never felt any of that. I don't know if you guys did either. No, I mean, Nick, then I'll let you throw. I, I always felt felt like, first of all, the humor between Gal and Chris is very organic and very natural, Yeah, which is why, and I'm not a rom-com guy, but I would be if they make one. Mm. Um, cause I think they would be absolutely flawless in something like that. Um, as a matter of fact, the humor dissipates from the movie. By the time you get to the third act, there's, there's no humor yeah. about, about half the movie, the humor has gone, you know? So I don't see that the cheesiness, uh, maybe the cheesiness people referring to mask, uh, to, to Max, Lord, Maxwell Lord, which we said, I think we kind of addressed that Barbara Minerva never really, 
I think, and again, even though I told you guys I would have preferred another actress and wasn't crazy, I still never felt like she forced any humor. I thought it was natural. Um, and, you know, getting back to the 80s concept, like, I never felt like they really overdid it with the 80s. I, I thought it was just enough. As a matter of fact, I thought they could have did more. I mean, yeah. there were, and and Hans Zimmer's score is incredible. Mm. But there were no 80s songs in the movie, which was shocking to me. Was there one? There was one in the, one in the in the in the in the the party, right? Yeah. yeah. But where was Journeys? Don't stop believing. Where was Michael Jackson? Where was Duran Duran? Where was? <laughs> I mean, seriously, I thought I yeah. was actually looking forward to hearing some some music. I thought they would they would set piece it a little bit with that. So, mm-hmm. uh, so just to throw it to you, Nick, I know a I didn't feel like the humor was forced. I didn't feel like anything was cheesy. And I certainly didn't feel like they overdid the eighties theme at all. Mm. No, I, I, I completely agree with, with you guys. If anything, maybe there wasn't enough like eighties inspiration, I guess maybe like you can tell it's the eighties, right? I mean, obviously sure. I probably would have loved a few more eighties tracks. Cause I mean, if you're going to go eighties, why not go all out with it? At least for another, another few scenes or two, um, man, the the humor i i actually felt like it was more mature in this one i mean seeing as like as like when you bring back steve i mean sure the humor can feel a little off but i thought it was way more organic and mature and it brought such like an interesting dynamic to the film because you i mean and again i think this is one of those if you're not bought into the plot by like that second act it's hard it's hard to, to get behind seeing them together again it probably is but to say that third dynamic doesn't work i would argue they're better not better maybe they're a little bit stronger in this movie than in the first one because again for me i was i was understanding why he was there for her she was there for him and then by that third act when it all comes together it just it, it breaks you apart so that's that's how i thought of it yeah um you you just because we're kind of piggybacking on them too i mean let's just talk about the big the big climax here where she has to give him up and then um engaged in a really epic scene first of all it's very emotional and there isn't this really um dramatic goodbye it's more of like a very quick almost you just have to let it go real quick and then she does this amazing run and then she Mm -hmm. flies for the first time which me and my dad were talking. I'm not, I, I was thinking that she was more so kind of gliding with the air and she's using the lasso to pull her, but she could sort of do things in the air to fly. He thinks she's pure flying. That's fine, which is great, which is great. I mean, there's, um, there's people who claim to be, you know, DC comic fans complaining that Jeff Johns made her fly in this movie, but Wonder Woman, um, flies yeah uh she can fly you know the the character can fly you know zach's thing was i'm not gonna make her fly and then patty said i'm gonna make her fly so it's okay um but i really liked that i don't think it was you know as impactful as like superman's first flight but it was a very cool very powerful moment in this dc Mm -hmm. and that's definitely the highlight of the film for me was that very sad scene turns into a very empowering epic scene and uh, she really carries into that uh, final showdown with Cheetah and Max very, very well. So, uh, listen, guys, if the thing you want most out of life 
you have to give it up. You can't be selfish and you have to give that thing up. The thing you love most that you want most, how hard is that? Right. And you have to do it in a split second without thinking about it for a few days or mulling it over. That scene is very impactful and powerful. Mm-hmm. And the way they did it was brilliant that it wasn't a long kiss. It wasn't something that built up to a crescendo. It just happens, man. And the way Gail turns around and the emotion on her face was just, look, if you're watching this movie and you don't get emotion or you don't feel that, it's like you said, Nick, you probably should stop watching the movie because it's just not for you. Mm-hmm. And you're not getting, you're not buying what they're selling. You're not understanding it. And that does that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, whatever. But, mm-hmm. um, and then where that scene leads to, and then with, with her flying on the instructions of what, Steve Trevor tells her to catch the wind is uh, Nick. It's close to the no man's land. It's, it's pretty, again, it's, it, and again, I'm thinking in my mind, I get all these DCEU images of all the movies we've watched and, mm-hmm. you know, everybody knows we really like BVS and man of steel. And, but it's, again, it's probably right up there on my, on my hand, no man's land. Maybe wonder woman occupies more of the top five or six scenes. Um, her character probably does more than Batman I've gotten so far with Affleck and I like him and, and even Cavill. That's just some really powerful stuff and it's emotional. And uh, I just, you know, it's so, it's just so well done because once again, Jenkins doesn't go for the really over the top long goodbye. Oh man. Heroes just cannot fall in love. Gentlemen. It's not, it's not love. in the cards. Car- love is not in the cards guys. How many times do you got to go? No, you know what, man? Um, I might've ate my words a little bit earlier at the beginning when I said it tops the scene, but you can own your take Own your take. That's okay. Own buddy. Your take. You know what it is. It's, it's a nice one a to the no man's land scene. You know why? Cause I'm going to pull you all in the heartstrings right now. Let's go. That scene hit me in so many ways. Yeah. Because when, when she says goodbye to him and she really, like, lets him go and she flies, like, she goes off the running. It was so powerful. If you're not crying by then, you got no heart. I'm sorry. But when she's in the air, it hit me because it's like she didn't think she, didn't think she could fly without Steve. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, she flies stronger without him Brilliant. than she does with him. And that's why I love it so much because when she was in that air and the first, and that, oh my, the first flight was beautiful. Obviously, it's probably not as iconic, but it's as I'm watching it, I'm like, she's becoming Wonder Woman. I mean, this is Wonder Woman right here. I mean, obviously it's the first fantastic. movie she does, it's just, but it's, it's just, just it's just so beautiful, you know. This this movie develops her so well, where so many other sequels trade the character for spectacle right we talk about this all the time we're not ripping i'm not gonna rip out anything specific but you know the mcu suspect of it so as as much as we love it bvs in a lot of ways sort of kind of stunts superman's growth because you have batman dominating the screen you know listen 
she the one thing that she says she doesn't understand is flying and then she steve she has to let him go but she remembers him still and his legacy lives with her she's able to fly it's a new aspect of her powers not only did she lose her powers now when she gets them back she has a new one because something she let go that's mm. still with her it's just so well done and let's just get into it uh, before we wrap up here the the end is so perfect whereas basically maxwell lord is able to get everyone's attention by being on every TV screen and they start making wishes. And some people are making impulsive wishes. Like I wish you were dead. Like they don't realize what they're doing. They're not conscious wishes mm-hmm. and the world's basically catastrophic. There's going to be nukes going off. And instead of sort which of, which is why real quick, I'm going to interrupt you one time. I, I don't think we need to say this, but okay. which is why the movie couldn't take place in present day. Because the JL would have gotten yeah, involved. I know, I know, I know that, but I, I have I seen. I've just, I'm, I'm just reading a lot of people where talking about um, other people, we're talking about ourselves. I understand that. Okay, we're talking okay. about ourselves. I, I don't want to talk about criticisms and debunk them. I didn't want to do that today. But anyway, um, fair enough. So the world's very that starts getting very cataclysmic, and you know. Um, lost my point because of that. Um, and then the world is very cataclysmic. And instead of sort of fighting him at the end, she sort of gets the lasso of truth around him. And the whole concept of the, of the film is that truth is what wins. You know, truth is the only thing. Truth is going to be the right thing. Truth is the thing that, that fixes and heals. And the truth is, and then she gives this massive speech to him that the whole world is hearing. And so she, out of love, of compassion, out of humanity, the core aspects of Wonder Woman is what saved the world. It's not with her fists. It's not with her weapons. It's not with her armor. It's with her pure, it's with the heart of the character is what saves the world. So what did you guys think of that? Well, it all flows from the opening scene uh, scene at Themyscira, right? When she participates in the the contest and falls off her horse. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> and proceeds to kind of take the shortcut and is scolded by her aunt and told her that that's mm. not the way you don't win by cheating. You don't win by lying. Truth is beautiful. So that's where that whole scene pays off from the beginning to the very end of the movie. And again, it's, it's great. Like you said, son, it's great storytelling because instead of pounding on a guy for 10 minutes, um and beating him into submission and oh ah oh we got five more minutes of this and oh look at the cgi and how cool is this you know you get this emotionally powerful thing you get to see the backstory of maxwell lord which is emotional it's terrible to see what he went through right and all it takes is those few minutes of those scenes to understand what a tragic childhood that he had and why he is the what why he turned into the person that he is right and then of course you scan around the world and you see everybody kind of coming to grips with understanding that they have to give their wishes back and and whatnot and that is where nick as you said in the beginning so eloquently it is the different versions of wonder woman but the one that's best is the compassionate Diana, the one that is not looking to stab you or behead you or whatever. Now we need that one sometimes, but this one is, is the one we need today. It's the one we needed for this movie. It's the one that inspires you. That makes you want to be a better person than you are and want you to look out for your fellow person. And again, it's the one that makes you not want to be selfish, Mm -hmm. not be self-indulgent. And it's a beautiful thing. But 
Um, we should also talk about the cheetah fight, but Nick, close that out because mm-hmm. I do want to talk about sure. cheetah and where we think yeah. she's going. Sure, absolutely. Uh, I I know you guys caught a, a beautiful lie oh. in there, so it it does connect after all. It does, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> man, I I agree with you guys. I I loved the decision to have Gail plead with humanity and have that be the closing, like that closing mantra, because like, she's just like, I would argue that was probably some of her best acting that she's ever done in her career. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a brilliant way to kind of use the lasso to kind of be this inspiration of hope, truth and optimism, because I think Diana, like even shows it a few times in the movie where it's, the lasso is more than just trying to get you to tell the truth. It's about getting you to see the best version of yourself, getting you to see the light to kind of, uh, so I thought that was just a beautiful way to just cap off her character. And again, like you guys just said, to have an inspirational speech be, be the thing that saves the world, I thought was beautiful. And I thought it is exactly what we needed, what the world needed in every way. So I thought, I thought it worked I thought it worked beautifully. And if you have an issue with it, I, I'm just sorry. Like I just am. I wasn't looking for her to just pound on Maxwell Lord 20 times because she took Steve away from her. I wasn't looking for that. Mm-hmm. She became wonder woman and she's using wonder woman to inspire the world. And that is what the character is. So, all right, guys, let's get into cheetah. How about the Cheetos? The cheetah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought I thought I thought she looked better than some early renderings of her. I mean, and again, was that the same version from the trailers, or was it cleaned up or a little bit? I I don't I don't remember. It looked pretty good. The fight was pretty good. Um, again, you know, we don't have to get into we we do agree, I do agree with my son where I almost think they could have maybe set her up and saved her for the third motion picture. But oddly enough, um, I did read the. I guess a quote from Patty Jenkins just before the podcast where they kind of left it ambiguous with her. Cause we don't see her, right. We see her. She doesn't look like cheetah anymore. Right. Mm, yeah. But we don't know if she truly gave up her wish or still maintains some powers. So obviously she's lurking around in the back and, and hopefully and we'll, we should close too on where we think wonder woman's gone and Patty sure. Jenkins and all that stuff too. Sure. But I was. I thought the fight was good, and I and I thought it was just long enough. Again, I, I, I always say with these superhero movies, sometimes the, you know, you're damned if you carry it on too long. You're damned if it's too quick. Nobody's yep. happy. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm going there, but I thought it was just the right mm-hmm. time for it. Yep. And again, and we let's talk about two. And I'm just going to throw this in and give it to you guys the golden armor. Mm. Let's talk about that. I mean, that was a wonderful backstory with the golden armor. Great tribute. I mean, mm-hmm. just absolutely spectacular how she told about it was the it was the warrior that kept man back so that the Amazonians could flee the Themyscira. Mm-hmm. And she sacrificed herself. Is was that not a brilliant little subplot? Yeah. In yep. this movie. This this woman is is there, it's their it's their like hero of all heroes because she made it possible for them to exist the way they do. And I thought the armor again, I was skeptical at first when I saw the action figures 
but it worked. It looked great. You know, made me think of Hawkgirl a little bit when, when she came. Oh, when she, you know, I always get excited oh, with my Hawkman and Hawkgirl, you know. <laughs> but um, I really, really liked it. And again, it was, it was, this movie took away some, I went into it probably more skeptical. And it did just the opposite for me. It, it really delivered and was better than I kind of thought it was going to be. So your guys' thoughts on Cheetah and the Golden Armor. Yeah, I, I really liked the Cheetah fight. Um, like I said, I, I, I like Kristen Wiig and I liked it. I just don't necessarily think all of it worked, but I'm glad when I saw them. I really thought that their fight was pretty cool. It was pretty epic at them. The golden armor translates to the screen very well. Looked very cool. I love, like you said, you brilliantly brought up the little subplot of it, which is great. Three action sequence, uh, four action sequences yeah, in the whole time, film. But they were great. I thought they were all really good. The opening mm. at the mall, the Cairo scene was pretty epic. Um, the White House one was pretty gnarly too, and she's doing all the stuff with the guns and the bullets, and then you no know, at the end with Cheetah. Um, do I think there was too little action? No, but in a two and a half hour movie, sometimes I think you need a little pick me ups every now and then, but I thought the action was good enough for the story. Patty Jenkins was telling. I always go back to the story. Right. And I thought they're all worked in very, very well. And where Cheetah goes from here, I'm not sure. I definitely think she should hopefully be used again in the future uh but she's also human uh gal ages differently um or diana ages differently assuming the next does, movie takes place i mean get gal does age differently as well I'm, well yeah. even too, the real uh, gal ages you know cheetah stays a similar age because she's still animalistic she didn't give up her powers yet but then animals age faster than humans anyway uh so <laughs> most of them most point. of them most of them not all not all not all i will correct myself there, there not there all. you go okay there you go um but yeah so the, all that all that worked pretty pretty well for me nikki how about you i uh i agree with you guys I, I love the uh, the take of we've seen battles kind of be a little too short. We've seen them kind of overstay their welcome a little bit. But much like I, I've just been comparing it to Superman 2 the whole time, this was completely like one good old Kal-El comes back and he's ready to confront Zod and take back Earth again. This was Diana coming back to take her humanity back. So... I loved it. I didn't. I didn't think it was too long. I understood why they were fighting. I wish I would have had a little more motivation earlier, because uh, that is probably the one criticism. Is maybe their fight does feel a little too forced. Like she has to fight somebody because she's not going to fight Maxwell Lord. So you have to put another adversary in front of her. But great point, Nick. Great yeah. point because that's the other thing. Real quick, is that who was going to protect him? Right? Because she would have took him down easy. Yep. So exactly and i mean there's no really like indication that they're actually working together at least to me it's kind of just like she needs something from him and he needs something from her but like in no way shape or form am i like she's his bodyguard or she's willing to help yeah. him she's just yeah they're just a means to an end to each other right so and but and, you know we we really didn't talk about either how she on the plane she all of a sudden decides she wants to be an apex predator yeah. And even more, I, again, that was all a little bit weird for me. Did you find I mean, that a little weird or no? 
I mean, it's just like, all right, so that's probably like what the two hour, the two hour mark. She's gonna become yeah. Cheetah, right? I mean, again, I'm not trying to like clap on it, but I mean, that's that's another thing. Like you said, I mean, two hours into the movie where she's she's already been what she is for almost a third of the movie, maybe. Yeah. So then, all of a sudden, she wants to become, and she again, wants more. Yeah. Maybe the answer is it's it's the stone in her. She's becoming more sure. beast-like or or whatever. Um, so real quick, we're gonna let, is any other. I'm gonna just tell you two flaws I've got, sure. and then I'd like to talk about where we think the movie's going. Um, I was disappointed because Bruce Wayne was mentioned in the uh, in the first Wonder Woman, and I had an exchange on Twitter today with our friend Josh. And he was telling me that Bruce would have been about 10 or 11. I, I wish we would have <laughs> I wish we would have got a note maybe because he's a very mature 10 or 11 oh, Bruce Wayne, my right? Oh my right. God. And I feel I'm, I'm really disappointed that they did not develop the character more that Stephen Hammer did the body of on um, that actor. His name is, uh, I've got it right here. I want to give him some props. Christopher, I think it's Palaha. Um, but I was told by my wife that he's a frequent man on the Hallmark Mystery 101. Hey, good for him. So good for him. He he is an actor, but uh, we really would have liked to seen them maybe spend another half hour in the movie delving into uh, his background, uh, what made him tick, who he was, and uh, you know, is he a love interest for Diana going forward? Who knows? Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I guess the one thing I want to wrap up on is say I thought this was a just fantastic movie. Um, I genuinely enjoyed most of the DCEU. It's, this is definitely in my top five DCEU movies. Yep. Throwing all DC movies in there. It might or might not be in the top ten. I don't know. I have to think about that. Um, I, I think it's, once again, it's so character-driven. It's so story-driven. Patty Jenkins knows the character to a T. She hits all the emotional beats exceptionally the chemistry between Steve and Diana is outstanding. Half the villains work very well, one way more than the other. Other than some minor pacing issues, man, but it's a very, very good movie. It's a very good comic book movie. And it's one of the most comic book e movies there is period in general. Patty Jenkins really said, I'm going to make a comic book film. Like you're reading one, all the nuances, mm -hmm. all the silly stuff. That's not even by definition silly, just comic booky stuff like a stone that could bring people back, you know. So, well done, Patty. I really hope Patty does completes the trilogy. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if she will. That's mm -hmm. the interesting thing with both their schedules and the discourse yeah. with Warner Brothers, her, et cetera. Yeah. And I do not, well, I don't want to get into that. Okay. But That's I'm just not sure, you know. Yeah. I, and with, you know, how this movie's received and the streaming numbers, we don't know. But I don't think, I don't think they wouldn't make a third one to cap it off. Usually everyone gets a trilogy. You would think, right? Usually everyone gets a trilogy. If Shazam could get a number two, I would think, not that I'm comparing, but I mean, come well, on. Well, even Thor got its round three. You know what I mean? Four. Is it? It's four. Well, yeah. Well, well yeah. But, four, yeah, but that's only a third one. The third yeah. one was so incredible. Yeah. Gex. Was, one was, received, was, caca. was received so incredibly i'd say and um i know they don't want to they'll feel like i think she's big enough the character's big enough and gal gal's big enough to where she, she's gonna get one more final run and hopefully it's present day or the future 
yeah. or something like that. Maybe go back to Themyscira, maybe bring in the gods, maybe bring in some Greek mythos, do whatever you want, you know, just maybe they shouldn't do an, another period piece. <laughs> maybe they should do something a little bit different, but I love it. It's like a seven and a half to an eight out of 10 for me. It's, 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 it's right there. It's probably fifth in the DCU. I, I would say BVS, the first Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Man of Steel are all probably a little bit better than it. But it's right up there because it made me feel. It made me feel a lot. And it was relatable. And a lot of these comic book films we we can't relate to because we don't have the powers these heroes have. So she's the heart of the DC canon the lore right now and i and this movie shows it and and she needs to be that at least one more time in my opinion oh me go i'll go sure um, <laughs> yeah i mean i i would if i was going to give if i gave wonder woman an a the first one i would give this a b um a very strong b i'm a little bit you know once again i think we've got to learn to myself more than anybody enjoy these movies in the moment and not be so worried about the future, but I've always got one eye on, on what might happen. And right now I'd say it's 50, 50 if Patty comes back for the third, but it would be a damn shame if gal forget about one movie. Like I think she was born to play this role and I think she could go on and do all the stuff she wants to do. Why does wonder woman have to stop at a third movie? Now, maybe the other appearances are in a future Justice League movie or or maybe she's in a, a, a Superman movie or a Flash movie or whatever, but she's just too good. She's come too far developed. She is Wonder Woman. You know, if Linda Carter was Wonder Woman in the 70s, she is Wonder Woman. And it shouldn't stop. It shouldn't stop with this movie. And so I'm just hoping that we do, we do get her multiple times not just one more time because she's certainly young enough and in an age where you know over the next five to ten years i mean you could i would like to see her as wonder woman maybe three four times well we're getting her in march i understand we're getting a retro we're getting retro we're getting retro wonder woman in march you know but again do i think it has to be patty no but i would like her to probably come back and, and maybe do one more but you know, if I had the Dreamstone, <laughs> no, I would, I would wish that we get to see, we're lucky enough to see Gal as Wonder Woman, not just one more time, but, but several more times in the future. Yeah. No, I, I can, uh, I completely agree with you guys. I hope, I hope that Patty is able to complete her job because it would be so, I'm sure it would be so cathartic for her because she's made Wonder Woman such a pop culture icon. That at least to me, I can't see anybody else doing Wonder Woman other than those two. Uh, I think you have to set it in present day, and I think I want it to be set in present day because as much as I love my period piece movies, I think, I think it's the right time to kind of make her into this hopeful figure in present day. Yeah, yeah. Because at least for two movies, you know, she's she's Wonder Woman, but she's still not referenced Wonder Woman. She's still very much hiding in the shadows. I would like to see a movie where she's fully embraced and she accepts who she is because, I mean, look, I hope this doesn't rub anybody the wrong way, but what Wonder Woman is being done in the DCEU 
is how I originally envisioned Superman was going to be. Yeah. Yep. And again, I'm, I don't want to trip on anybody with, with saying that, but it's like this character just hits me in such a different way that it completely sucks it and baffles me that we can't make Superman work in modern day. But my God, I'm so happy that we can make Wonder Woman work in modern yeah. day. In, in the Snyder Cut, it looks like she is prominent and people know who she is. Um, so that she is a regular, I think, in present day. You know, my only concern is, do you guys think lukewarm reception affects the streaming numbers and tempers Wonder Woman for a while? It's in the pandemic, though. I don't know. No, man. A lot of people watched it yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, but I lukewarm, think lukewarm critical receptions may stop other people from subscribing. Mm. Because if it was a bona fide, like, 90 or whatever then people are jumping on i don't know yeah, i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know so I we just, don't have box office anymore weird, right yeah. so how no. do you it, right? yeah yeah i'm tired of the discourse around it that's why <laughs> Me i'm too. not that's, that's why i don't that's why i i i didn't really want to invite any of the specific things just because you know it's weird it's like i don't know it was weird it was weird and this is a tweet i had earlier in the week earlier in the week i had a tweet that said you you know I don't care what critics saying I never will because I don't but these was but this second wave of Wonder Woman reviews woof and wow. what I meant by that yeah. to clarify is they were not predetermining what I was going to think because clearly I'm sitting here telling you I very much enjoyed it right right it was just this shock to me that we haven't seen and people were saying Aquaman not not nothing like this where from fandom. From the first trailer at CCXP, then even with all the delays from fandom till about a week and a half ago, it was like, this thing is a bona fide hit. Patty Jenkins, the first wave of reviews are calling it the greatest DC film of all time. Then we find out Patty Jenkins is doing Star Wars. We're like, oh man, Patty Jenkins is on another level. Gals signing on for four projects. We're like, oh, they're hotter than ever right now. Then the second wave was like, how did Warner Brothers greenlight a, a script? This caca. Oh, oh man. Patty Jenkins with an all-time whiff. I'm like, whoa, whoa. How did this how did this Where narrative did change? Yeah, right. This narrative, it's not like Aquaman that people are already like, it was fun, you know. And it wasn't like Joker that we knew was going to be controversial. Even after it won at Venice, I know, but people were still like, this is going to incite violence. People were predetermining those drops for Aquaman and for um, yep. Joker. Yeah. This was like Wonder Woman's praise and then one review. One day. And then the rest came in like yeah. three out of ten. All time with. It's laughably bad. I walked out 20 minutes in. I'm like, whoa. whoa. And then yesterday, yeah. <laughs> yesterday seeing people tweet, <laughs> our, our family was laughing, so we turned it off and watched Soul instead. I'm like, Wonder Woman? This happened to Patty Jenkins and yeah, that's kind of so weird. that's why I said I'm yeah. tired of the discourse because it's almost yeah. very awkwardly one one way or the other. So it's 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 gonna be very interesting. It's gonna be very interesting, you know. Well, so the bias is showing. I mean, I, I you know what happens. What, what what what? Here's something I've learned: is that crazy things can happen, right? Yeah. I got Luke Skywalker out of nowhere. So mm. is a Wonder Woman three far-fetched no do i know no do we all know no so honestly i just if you enjoy the movie enjoy it if you don't like it 
don't like it and that's okay yeah it's your opinion. yeah you don't have to like the movie no i just i, I mean if you like it like it don't just say you don't like it because, because that's even i'm falling into it though says. i challenge even i'm falling into it though and that's why i yeah. sort of had a, a certain mindset when my dad was saying something earlier just sit with where you are feel stay away from the discourse because the discourse around it is like worse than like even bvs in 2016 it's very awkward so Listen, I, I love Patty Jenkins and I love what she did with this film and what Gal, what Chris, who is the best Chris, by the way, he's better than Evans and Pine. Yes, that is a fact. And Chris Pratt, because Chris Pratt's but he's not better than Chris Evans from Let's Go Podcast. Though. Not no. better than Chris that no. Chris yeah, Evans Chris from Evans. the Let's Go Podcast. Yeah, there you go. Yes. He yeah. is truly the best, best Chris, not just the best Chris. Um, and then Kristen does a good job for what she's given. And I thought Pedro was great. And Pedro's had an awesome back end of uh, 2020 with this and the Mandalorian and he's in a Netflix movie. He's in the spy kids, uh, not spy kids. He's we in the shark heroes. boy. He's in the shark boy and lava girl sequel. So he's had himself quite a diverse uh, year, right? <laughs> sure. That, that, there you go. I haven't seen it, but it's uh, eh, eh. no, I mean, it's like, a eh, kid. Eh. yeah, yeah. No, it's like, a um, yeah. So well, the, one, the one thing we've learned, Nick, and I'm going to throw it to you is that sure. it, it's never just when you feel it's safe to be a, like a DCEU fan, it's just, it's just never safe. You know, it's just never. Um, and again, it may, it maybe shouldn't be, but it does seem like there is always some unjustified heat on it, but mm-hmm. I know I sound like nobody cares and the little violins are coming out and stuff, but it does get a little disheartening to see sure. quality work kind of get crapped on for like maybe not the right real reasons but it is what it is you know so we've got a lot to look forward to i i do think at the end of the day and i was telling this with nick that we've got the snyder cut coming out but i don't know the relevance that that's really going to have and i had to say that just to get it in because i think we went the whole (laughs) podcast and Never mentioned the Snyder Cut, so it is coming out in March. Isn't this funny, though? (laughs) You might have another trailer in a few weeks. Oh, isn't this funny, though? (laughs) Like, isn't it freaking hilarious? Because I want you to know the discourse around the Snyder Cut is going to be the same, if not worse than this. So let's prepare ourselves. But but, staying off Twitter in April. But what is the narrative right now? <laughs> what saved us in May? And what's the narrative right. now is that Zach has to save DC fans in March. I mean, it's unbelievable. As Thanos would say, and where did all that bring you back to me? That's what Zaddy is saying. Right. right now. But if I could be so bold as to make a prediction, there's only one person saving the At DC least. universe. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not coming for a while because oh, if the God. Snyder cut doesn't land and it does create the discourse that my son and I think you think it is because even oh, if it's man. even if it's great it's going to still get you know that it's it right. could be the best thing ever and it's still going to get torched um, <laughs> because there's just that's just the way it's going to happen that yeah really and don't think it's Suicide Squad Suicide Squad might be great and all that but it's still not strong enough they have the impact. It's I, I feel once again, we're going to be tugging at that man's cape. Like I always do. <laughs> He's the one guy to always bring me out of the darkness, into the darkness and out of the darkness. So. I said, th- I said three months ago, you're not going to see this 
just general welcoming again until the Batman comes out. I agree. I said I it agree. three months ago, and everybody's like, nah, man, you're crazy. I was like, all right, you wait. Yep. You wait. 2022, all you guys saying that that you're not you're not all for the DCU. Y'all going to be flocking the theaters on that Thursday night come March 2022. If that even sticks till its release date, we don't know yet. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe it can move again. Yeah. We'll see. But uh, so. Get us back on the track. Yeah, let's wrap up. Conductor. Conductor. We do. So we are, we're recording on December 26th. This will be dropping on the 28th, which means, gentlemen, this is going to be our last podcast of this godforsaken year that we lived in this year. So what I thought would be fitting is I would like to get one thing you guys were thankful for this year and one thing you're looking forward to next year. And that could be comic book related. It could be self-related. It could be anything you guys want it to be. One thing I'm thankful for, uh, this community we found ourselves in with the let's go podcast and everyone else involved, you know who you are. If you're even thinking it's you, it is you. Um, we've grown to almost 350 followers now. So, so thankful for that. Um, it's, it's been a really cool year, not only for this podcast, but in the community we've joined with not only the people around us, but our listeners as well. That's been my favorite part of 2020, even in a pandemic, there was a ton of amazing friendships made. So thank you to all, you know, who you are. And one thing I'm looking forward to Zack Snyder's justice league. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, listen, I said it on Christmas that, um, this was an extremely tough year for everybody. Um, on a personal standpoint, it was, it was really, really hard and I'm not a man of isolation. Um, nobody knows me real well and stuff, but it is, has a lot of us are, but I kind of thrive on, you know, relationships with people and my various jobs and, and what I was doing now. So this has been really hard. So I never would have imagined in a year like this, that I would have made so many new friends that have absolutely helped me get through this year with the give and take. And it's all in good fun. I actually love when the disagreements start that are, that are all in good fun. Cause we don't, we don't play that game. You know, mm-hmm. um, we tease about Spider-Man and different things like that, but it, it has helped me get through um, the days, you know, going through this thing. So, and I'm, and I truly mean that. So I'm, I'm extremely grateful, Nick, I'm grateful to you that you, you brought us on this journey with this podcast. I'm grateful to you, my son, that we've, that we've come a long way and it's, it's really cathartic for me. And it's a lot of fun. What am I looking forward to? Um, and now let's keep it in the context. Cause obviously we all want the world to go back to normal and stuff like that. But I think, Zaddy. I think of everything. <laughs> Zaddy. Zaddy or James Gunn's the Zaddy's home. Nick, you know what it is. You go next. He he said it. Go ahead. Oh man. Zaddy. 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 And not Jeff Johns. And not Jeff Johns. I'm John Jeffs, you mean? John Jeffs. Jeffs. Very nice. John Jeffs (laughs) through the joke. Read three joke by John Jeffs. Oh, I know why Wonder Woman was was bashed. Oh, because you put three names on, on, on the executive producer screen. Let me tell you something though. (laughs) <laughs> his his contribution to the movie was probably like 10%. It was all page. Yeah. So don't so stop with this Jeff Johns nonsense. I, I love you all, but stop with this Jeff Johns nonsense. Yeah, absolutely. Just let it go. Just it's that it, he has nothing to do with he has nothing to do with what you're trying to say. He has something to do. I promise you. Now, if you don't like it, it's Patty. 
they yeah, gave her carte blanche because the, the first the movie, yeah, like, the first movie like was petty. so successful. They yes. did, they yes. did come to her and want more action in the third act. But you can clearly tell from this movie that, and she's been so vocal and out front, right? And in the promotion, she wouldn't do that if this wasn't her baby. Sure. So this is all her. Oh man, one thing I'm thankful for this year. Well, as you guys alluded to. This year sucked. I've already said it. It really just didn't get any better. But I mean, thankfully, you know, even in quarantine, we uh, really the illustrious honor and pleasure in, in meeting some friends along the way. Uh, Let's Go Podcast, Straight Out of Gotham, the Batman Book Club, Garrett Grev. I mean, Josh from, I mean, even the Nerd Room that we recently just did. I mean, there was some light this year, and I'm thankful for all of that. But and obviously, I'm thankful for you guys. Uh, but the one thing, yeah, so this would probably be the one thing I'm thankful for because this podcast has really kind of kept me sane yeah. all year. And I guess knowing that the thing that we started this in the first place is going to come first circle in just a few short months is going to be kind of bittersweet. And I guess in a way, uh, what I'm looking forward to in 2021 is not just for the world to be normal again, but as everybody has probably alluded to this year is we've been doing our podcast virtually, uh, whether or not that is still our future, we don't know, but I've really enjoyed those times where we've got to meet up in person and sure. kind of, you know, just shoot the shit, you know, part of the function that one, but that's exactly what it was. And it was cool. It was raw and hopefully God, I don't know, by the second half of 2021, we continue that. And hopefully there is some meetups with everybody that we've uh, that we've had. But my thing is the Batman. I'm looking forward to the hype train rolling on the Batman. Obviously, Snyder Cup. But so I give you a multitude of things. I'm sorry. But no, I love it. I love it. There you go. We're, we're also in a couple of weeks. It'll be our two year, right? It'll be our two year. Yeah. Our two year in a couple of weeks. So we might do something cool for that. We'll see. We will see. All right, Zeddy, bring us home fa- face. Bring uh, us home <laughs> oh, man, this has been a blast, guys. Uh, feel free to let us know what you thought of Wonder Woman 84. Did you like it? Did you hate it? You fall in the middle of it? Feel free to let us know. You can follow us on Twitter at Vigilante1939. Uh, if you want to help out and support the show, you can head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review us. And if you leave us a review, Nico just by just my read that review in his illustrious Bane voice. We'll see. That should give you all the motivation you need to do that. You can head over to T Public, get yourself some merch where we had 12 very lucky winners that got yes. uh, some merch of their choosing. And congratulations to all of you guys. I hope all you guys get your stuff and I hope you guys all love it. And and, um, and I love the photos of it. People are putting it up. They're sharing. Mm-hmm. They got it. Uh, very cool thing. Thank you all so much. Yes. Thank you all so much. It's, it's, you're the reason that we're doing it now. It's very cool. We started off as a hobby and then people liked it and now people are tuning in and people are supporting. So, you know, now it's really all for you. So thank you all so much. Thank you all so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. So, and because as, as I already alluded to, this is going to be our last show of 2020. So, if you thank you for welcoming us, whether it was on your cell phone, your tablet, your computer, uh, thank you for welcoming us into whatever device you listen to us on. Uh, truly, it 
it means a lot to us and we're glad that whether it was for 60 or 90 minutes we were able to bring you some joy so much like Wonder Woman was riding lightning in the movie that's how we're rolling into 2021 guys absolutely some cool things some cool things in store stay tuned stay tuned for that so well that's where we're gonna put a bow in this one so for 2020 this has been the Vigilante 1939 podcast for Nico Caruso Daddy Batman himself Nicholas Caruso Sr. My name is Nick Zanik. And as Michael Keaton's Batman says, I want you to tell all your friends about me. We love you. <laughs>